Good morning, LifePoint. It's uh, an honor to be with you here today. I, I can say this was not the plan. When, uh, uh, when Pastor Alex asked me to talk a couple months ago, um, you know, you start thinking, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach at one sermon. And then we went to two sermons, and so automatically I was going to have to preach twice, which was, you know, mentally kind of a little shaky. Uh, and then you get to the point now where it's like, well, actually, you're going to, you know, be the first sermon live-streamed uh, for LifePoint Church, which uh, it's an exciting opportunity. I, part of the vision uh, of LifePoint, we've talked about uh, not needing a building in order to be the church, Right. And, and this is just another way that we can, we can do that. I'm, I'm excited to be here. The, what I want to talk to you about today uh, is perspective. Ultimately, we all kind of have a perspective on several different things. Uh, it's, it's definitely, right now, it's, it's very apparent that everyone has a perspective on the coronavirus, whether to be worried, whether to not worry about it at all. Um, and those, those perspectives, especially during times of, of our problems and issues uh, really shape how we act and how we interact uh, with other people. Uh, perspective is an interesting thing. My, my wife likes to call uh, childlike perspective. She calls it childlike wonder uh, and that she still has a, a good handle on her childlike wonder. Uh, that childlike perspective, as adults, we, we can laugh at. It's it's really where the, the TV show Kids Say the Darndest Things came from, right? Because a, a child's perspective on the world and just different things is, is funny and it's, it's new to us adults. Sometimes we forget what that perspective looks like. I remember growing up, one of my good friends, he had uh, their family pet was this German shepherd. And even today, in my memory, this dog was the biggest dog in the world. You know, anybody that's watched the movie Sandlot and you have the beast, right? Like, this, this dog was larger than life. Um, and all of that, my perspective on the size of Ben, the German shepherd, was, you know, based on my size, what I knew of dog breeds and what big breeds there were out there. Um, and all that shaped my perspective. Uh, now, just so we're starting from the same place, when I say the word perspective, this is what I mean. Uh, from the new Oxford American Dictionary, a particular attitude toward or way of regarding something, a point of view, basically how you perceive a situation uh, or something. If we see this, if I put this picture up on the screen, um, this, this picture... Some of you, after the Super Bowl, might actually know what it is. Some of you are probably uh, maybe, you know, a quick little fist pump. Yeah, Kansas City Chiefs. Others of you might be out there uh, thinking, uh, okay, football, yay, sports. Um, and then some of you who are San Francisco 49ers fans are probably a little, you know, it hurts a little bit still, uh, even with the Super Bowl just a, a month ago. Um, and that's, that's how our perspective works. I, I have another picture here. Now this, as a parent, I, I see this picture and, you know, it, it can really get to you. Uh, you want to jump in there. You want to shut it down. You want to stop it. Um, you know, some, some parents out there are probably of the opinion, like, well, kid, just turn around and pop him. Like, what are you doing, you know? Uh, don't let that happen. So if our perspective is strong enough, 
really our perspective can lead to action. It can, it can translate into, hopefully, positive, positive actions. So a great perspective can help you have peace, especially right now uh, throughout uh, the coronavirus. And whether it's an issue at work or school or wherever you may be, a great perspective can help you find peace in that. It can help you find contentment uh, as, as there's always something new or better. Uh, the newest phone, the, you know, it, it, it's spring break time and social media is full of pictures of families going on vacation, less with the, the virus, less travel happening, but you're seeing people do things that maybe you want to do and, and that perspective can give you contentment uh, with your situation and what you're dealing with. A great perspective can help us have gratitude. Uh, so often there's things in our lives, people that do things for us, that maybe they just have done it so often that we forget. And we get to the point where uh, we take it for granted. And a great perspective can bring you back and help you recognize uh, those times. My hope today is by the end that we would gain some good perspective in our problems, some of the issues we deal with, and getting to the other side of it and having some positive, positive actions. So let's, uh, as the National Day of Prayer, as you can see, we've, we've prayed several times. Let's, let's pray as we dive in. Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for uh, those, those out there watching, those that will watch this later. I, just, I pray that as we dive into your word, that, that you would speak through me, that it would be your words, um, your lesson, not mine, Lord. I just thank you for each and every one of the, the people out there today. I pray uh, for safety and just uh, comfort as we're all dealing with different things. I just thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, now, now, why perspective? I can say wholeheartedly because Jesus cared a lot about perspective. You look, you look through the New Testament and Jesus' teaching, what you'll find is so many parables and lessons where he was trying to move the perspective that had changed over time in the church back to where it was originally intended. Uh, one of these concepts is the idea of first is last and last is first. Now, Jesus was traveling with the disciples on the road to Capernaum, and during that time, the disciples had started arguing about who was the greatest of them, which that right there should tell us, okay, well, this doesn't exactly sound like something Jesus had taught. Um, so they get to Capernaum, and Jesus kind of asks, like, hey, what, what were you guys talking about? And they tell him, they, oh, this is what we were arguing about. And in Mark 9, 35, this is Jesus' response. Whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. So this brings me to my first tool, tool number one for helping our perspective. And the first tool is our alignment. If perspective is a point of view, then proper alignment is seeing things from the, pers- or the angle that God would have us see it, seeing it for how God sees it. Now, I don't know about you, but that passage, the disciples arguing, brings me some comfort. These, these guys that had spent so much time with Jesus, the ones that should have probably the, the best perspective, uh, still dealt with this issue of alignment. They, they were dealing with this issue of importance and not viewing their work for how God sees it about 
everyone else. Last is first, first is last. Full disclosure, I know my issue with alignment comes when uh, I start competing with God uh, kind of for his job as CEO. If it was an organizational structure and God's at the top as CEO, I, I'm a pretty capable guy. I feel I'm pretty handy. I can, I can solve a lot of problems. So what happens is I start trying to fix all my own problems without acknowledging or asking for help from the CEO. And I start trying to jump the ladder uh, in that structure. And ultimately, it's going to have negative negative effects. Maybe you can relate. Maybe you signed up for a project or something at work and an individual came in who was in charge and they told you exactly what you needed to do. And then maybe five, ten minutes later, after that person leaves, somebody else comes in and, oh, what they really meant, and they try to tell you what you should do instead. And they're not in charge of the project. They're not in that place. And it breeds confusion and it, it ultimately can ruin that situation. So how do we work on our alignment as it relates to this perspective? Uh, if, if it is seeing things how God sees it, I think we just go back to this last is first and first is last idea. Uh, in whatever problems we're facing, stopping and taking the time to try and see where the other people in the issue uh, are at, loving them through that, and seeing where they or how they are viewing the situation too. That alignment allows us to see if, if God loves all of us equally, he wants each of us to, to know that and to look at those issues through that lens of understanding his love. So as we're loving people through these issues, that's one way we can do that is trying to see their point of view lovingly and patiently. There are a couple more tools as we work on our, our perspective. Uh, the, the parable of the Good Samaritan, uh, it's really leading up to that, the conversation that led up to Jesus talking about that parable. So in Luke 10, this is what we see. One day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do I read it? Uh, in, in wonderful Jesus fashion, uh, he answers a question with a question. So when people do this to you, be, be a little patient. Understand, Jesus did it too. So when my kids ask, can we go out to dinner? And I say, are you going to pay for it? Uh, you know, it's one of those things. I, Jesus answered questions with questions. So uh, as we continue in verse 27, the man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. The, the reason I think Jesus let him answer uh, versus just giving him the answer himself, uh, it's the idea that Jesus had all the answers. He's the Son of God. And so many times he lets us figure things out on our own so that we do the work. Uh, this leads us to the second tool, and that's spiritual maturity. So if perspective is a point of view, proper spiritual maturity helps inform us what exactly it is we are looking at. Um, the idea that Jesus knew the answer to the situation. The expert in the law wanted an answer. He was testing him. 
But Jesus wanted him to figure it out, wanted him to answer. So often in our world, we want quick answers. We want things to work immediately. Technology is such right now that, you know, you want immediate, immediate feedback. When you text somebody and you don't get a response automatically, or if you're texting back and forth with someone and, you know, they just go silent. Uh, we live in a day and age where, like, that's frustrating because we're not getting the immediate answer. I can, I can absolutely say letting something breathe for a moment, giving, giving an issue or a problem some time uh, to really stop and apply some of our spiritual maturity, our knowledge, and our wisdom is going to help that immensely. In a perfect world, as we get older, uh, our maturity should uh, increase over time. If, if you're old enough to have gone to a high school reunion or several high school reunions, you probably came across a time where you met somebody you went to high school with and you, know, you, you said the phrase, ah, oh, you haven't changed one bit. And part of it is, is probably a compliment, but there's part of it that can be uh, not a compliment at all in the sense that you know, they haven't grown, they haven't changed, they haven't matured in any way. Um, the example I've loved most about this that is a great example in the Bible is found in John. A woman had been caught in adultery, and they bring her to Jesus. Now, what's supposed to happen is she was supposed to be stoned for that sin. And they bring her to Jesus, and they're questioning her, trying to get Jesus to tell them exactly what they should do, which is stone her. So in John 8, we find this passage. They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. The oldest left first because of that level of spiritual maturity. Even though they were coming at Jesus in a negative way, they were trying to trap him, they were trying to trick him, even though that was the case, they still had the spiritual maturity to understand what Jesus was saying. So the oldest left first because they knew that at the end of the day, we've, we've all sinned. Here at LifePoint, we say no perfect people because that is what it is. No perfect people. We can gain immense perspective in our problems when we apply our wisdom over time to thinking about our issues and how to, how to respond to those things. So... At LifePoint, we say nothing will get you further, faster than the Word of God. If you want to increase your spiritual maturity, getting in the Word and reading the Bible is probably the number one way that you're going to increase your spiritual maturity. Uh, Additionally, in that, I would say don't get frustrated when you don't know where exactly things are found. Uh, There's a verse, especially with this, as we give our problems uh, time to breathe. It's in James, it says we should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Now, I had to look that up where exactly it was last night so I would know. Don't get frustrated when you don't know where exactly things are. The Bible app is an amazing resource that you can get. You can search for things. You can find the passages that are going to apply to your situation every day. Additionally, if you want to increase your spiritual maturity, 
finding others that have maybe walked the road a little bit longer than you and, and just using them as a resource, asking them questions. How did they deal with certain types of situations? That shows immense spiritual maturity in, in seeking out the answer, not only through the Word, but through other Christians who maybe have the answer already. There's one more way I believe we can gain perspective, and it's probably, I believe, one of the most important. Um, as we go back to our, our passage in Luke, the teacher of the, the expert in the law answered, uh, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, with all your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, Right, do this and you will live. And then, here's, here's the kicker. The man wanted to justify his actions. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? I can say, this is me a lot. Anytime I stop and I start worrying about myself more than, more than other people, more than what God thinks in a situation, uh, my focus becomes the problem. And this is our last tool for gaining perspective, making sure we have the right focus. If perspective is a point of view, proper focus helps you pay attention to exactly what you should in that moment. And hopefully, like we said earlier, a good perspective leads to positive actions. Hopefully that focus will tell you and help inform what you should do next. Anybody that knows me knows that I'm a bit of a movie buff, and I've found that there's, there's always a good clip out there um, to kind of reinforce what we're talking about. So let's watch. May I come in? If you bend your medial collateral ligaments, place one talus in front of another, I don't see where you'd have a problem. <laughs> of course, if there were a news story covering this event, the headline might read, Small Brain Enters Room. Fingers. What's the answer? Oh, you're another one of those bright young fellows who always know the right answer, right? Welcome to real life. Focus on the problem. Look at me. How many do you see? Look beyond the fingers. How many do you see? Chooses not to see. 
fear, conformity, and laziness. See the whole world anew each day. Now the truth is, you're well on the way. You didn't see something here besides a crazy, bitter old man. You wouldn't have come in the first place. You can have near-perfect alignment. You can have outstanding spiritual maturity. But if your focus is off, if, if you're looking at the wrong thing, you won't be able to see the solution. I know God is sitting on the other side of so many of our problems, saying, look at me. Don't worry about that. Look at me. I know I get so preoccupied with what the problem is that I lose focus. I try to fix every little thing, which will only get any of us so far. We all have a problem that we've faced or we're facing in this moment that no amount of strength or money or willpower or anything will make it go away. I believe that that is what God is calling to us today in this moment. is to look at Him in those problems and trust that He will make our path straight. I can tell you it isn't a magical solution and I can't promise that problems go away or that new problems won't come. But I can tell you when you look through your problems and focus on exactly what God has for you. The, the problems seem to disappear. It leads to an amazing new walk with Him where you're not controlled by your problems. You're not making rash decisions based on your problems, but based on Him and His love for you. And that right there that is the walk, that is the light, that is the love that everyone will see. And I guarantee you, they'll come up and they'll say, how are you able to be right now? How are you able to move? How are you able to, to do anything right now while you're dealing with this? And you can point them to Him. And you can say, I couldn't without God. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. We all have a next step. Armed with these tools, I'd encourage you as we go through these uncertain times to reach out to others who may be in need of helping. Some people are unable to, to focus in these moments and you can be the one who's focused in helping. See how we can serve them. Additionally, if this is you, if you're feeling like I can't focus, I can't find, we at LifePoint, we're here to help you find your way to God. Reach out to us, contact us. We want to help you with that. The Share the Love event has been amazing and it continues to be amazing. And there's never a better time than right now 
this moment, the next moment, in the moment, to show people the love of God and love them through whatever it is they're going through, whatever problems they have. We all have those next steps. If you're looking to partner with us as we move forward sharing the love and continuing that, as always, you can give online or through the mail. As we're practicing social distancing, this might be the best time for some of you to to set up that online account to be able to partner with us, helping people uh, find their way to God. Let's pray as we close. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for just the lessons you constantly have for us, Lord, as we seek you in your face. I just pray as everyone goes out throughout their day that that you would just be with them, lift them up, help them them to align, help them to grow in their spiritual maturity, and help them most of all, Lord, to focus on you on a daily basis. We don't know what tomorrow brings, but we know regardless, You're there loving us yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I just thank you in all these things. In Jesus' name, amen.